Will Trent is a new series on ABC. The pilot was just released on January 3rd. You watched it, and I read the book, and then I watched the pilot. So Wait, you can... watched this pilot? Yes, I watched the pilot so I could compare it to the book series, and I have a lot to say, but first I want to hear you talk about your impressions, because you probably represent the average viewer, someone who hasn't read the series, who walks in. And so tell me what you actually thought of, like, what, what's your rating? Just off the off, off the, bat. the bat? Yes. I'd probably give this a six and a half out of 10. So it passes, but barely. Yeah, I thought that it was better than a lot of like police procedurals or even detective-like series. Why? Because I, I was glad, especially when I saw ABC, I was scared this was going to be like a case by week thing, even though I saw it was based off of books. It, I'm glad it is that, billed as a procedural. Yeah, and that's that's what got me confused. But I was glad to know that we're going to be focusing on one case because it's easier for me to be invest like invested in that. This, this kidnapping that happens right. in the first scene Ra- along with a murder. Rather than just like a, every single week having to do a new case that they solve like really quickly by the very end of so it. So you were happy with that, but what were you not happy with? Because six and a half is not a high review. I think that a lot of the characters, mostly the side characters, had a really annoying trait to them. As something that continually happens. Them. So, uh, when we're first introduced to Will Trent, he speaks to two adoption dog center people. And they were automatically... He's trying to get rid of the dog that he his next door neighbor had. Yeah. And they said his next door neighbor died, right? Yeah, he died. And that's why and the dog's name is Betty or whatever. But the oh. two people he speaks to... And his are dog just, is a chihuahua. Yeah, the two people he speaks to are just plain out hippies and they were really annoying like straight you thought they were hippies yeah i mean that's i didn't get that vibe at all i just got them as being sort of like uh pushy nurses like they didn't want to get rid of the they wanted him to keep the dog but not only that they were also like hitting on him in what? Like the strangest way? Do you miss that? Yeah, Were I was there... too busy looking for like the ina- So the thing with the dog is that he said that the neighbor died. And in the book series, she didn't die. What she, happens to the neighbor? She goes to the hospital and she kind of off the cuff yells to him like, uh, take care of it or something or, or brush it, you know? And he, in response, has to take in the dog. He doesn't know this neighbor very well, but he doesn't even know its name. He just knows that she yells at it a lot of the time and says, Betty. And so she, he assumes that that's the dog's name. And it's not really a spoiler here to say the dog's name actually isn't Betty. It's, it's the neighbor's name. She used to just talk to herself a lot. But he only finds that out at the end. That's not, again, a big reveal. So well, not... since it was the introductory scene to him, I thought that this was going to be a show with him and the dog. Much like Hudson and Rex, I thought that was going to be almost like 100% ripoff of and, it. And I get that. He's, the dog is even in the uh, in the title picture, right? Yeah, but in it's a promotional bar- photo. It's barely in this pilot episode. Well, it's barely in the book, too. He, they they <laughs> mentioned it a couple times. And it's and I feel like when they pitched this, they were like, and he has a really tiny dog, which he walks on a pink leash. And I mean, that is that is what he does in the book. And even he gets hit on by like gay guys. But the only reason he he <laughs> he's doing it is because it was the only leash he could find or whatever. Some other annoying characters I felt like were the cops. Uh, so I'll, I'll start oh, off yeah. with the the crime scene. Uh, we well, you ju- you jumped over the first first yes, scene, the yeah, introduction. I'm, I'm going back to that, which was. The first murder. thing we see is Abigail. She's on the phone Did with her husband, Abigail? Paul. No. Okay, Abigail was uh, Cameron from House. Okay. Jennifer Morrison, I believe, is her I name. I didn't watch a lot of House. Once so. Upon a Time. No, not none of that either. Anyways, okay. she's speaking to her husband, Paul. She's yelling at him because she's really mad because apparently Paul has been cheating on her and she's like finally confronting him about it. She's walking to her house and then she sees broken glass on her in her house. And it's not just any house. This is like a fancy yes. mansion. It's She is in her tennis uniform. She's ultra rich. Her husband is a car salesman. It's about as... Uh, <laughs> 
snooty uh, pavilion user, you can start off a series. And yeah, she notices she that even, she, she even takes says, out her AirPods. She even says on her phone, she's like, the house has broken glass in it. And, the, and Paul is like, don't go in there. Like, whatever you do. And she's like, I need to check on our daughter, Emma. So she goes inside. Mm -hmm. She goes up the stairs. And then there's a bloody body who we think, or at this point, we suppose is supposed to be Emma. Sure. And then someone comes stumbling out with a knife. Yeah. They're all bloody as well. And uh, it seems like they're attacking Abigail. And then uh, like a kind of fight ensues where they fall down two sets of stairs, but Abigail is able to land on top of the guy with a bloody knife and she chokes him out with a tennis racket, killing him. Yes. yes. And then they assume that he's the one who killed the person upstairs and they assume that that's her daughter until later on we realize all of that is wrong. And I'm sitting there very confused because that is not how the book starts at all. We get it from Michael Ornwood's point of view, and we barely see Michael I was, Ornwood yeah, in this. Yeah, Michael, uh, yeah, he was a side character as well, and I didn't like his character either because he was just, well, he's I a felt like, jerk, uh, right? yeah, just a jerk. Uh -huh. And also, we, yeah, he's like in two scenes. Yes, but he's part of the Atlanta Police Department, and he comes in there after Will Trent shows up, and the crime scene has already been established by the Atlanta PD, but Will Trent is called in by his boss, who is part of the GBI. Deputy uh, Amanda Wagner. And in the books, Amanda Wagner reminded me of Amanda Waller because she <laughs> it takes no crap and she's also a little bit evil. In this, I think they make her a little bit nicer. A actually. little bit. She's, she's like a moral center. Yes. And she's not in the books. Like, I think that she had shot or she had given Will one of his scars, like, with a staple gun or something. Yeah, like, we don't she see was the scars. Violent. We don't see the scars till <laughs> no, no, the end. The, scar, the scars on his back that we see at the end are part from his, like, childhood. Mm. I'm talking about, like, where apparently she used, like, a nail gun on his hand at one Jeez. point. Yeah, but, but it, one thing about the books is that it's way bleaker, way darker. And, like, the first scene, we get a murder of a prostitute where her tongue has been bitten out. That's how dark the books are. So they took a dark book yes. and then they decided to make it sort like of a, a light, light procedural on ABC. There's still dark elements here. We do see a number of murders, but they definitely don't get into the nitty gritty of like how the tongue is bitten off and showing us oh. all the like even Angie, who we later meet in this series. Right. She's just playing. What would you call her? Uh, she, she's still part of Vice, but she's cracking drug deal, deal, dealers. Yeah. Right. Like she's coming in there as an undercover cop and making deals for drugs and then getting them arrested. In the books, she's a she's a prostitute. Well, you see, no, that I'm not surprised to hear that because the first thing we see of her is it seems like she's going to be an informant type that like isn't really wanting to work for the cops. But then later on in the episode, it's revealed that no, she's actually just a really good cop. But it seems like they were initially trying to make her somewhat of a bad guy. You're talking about when she was talking to the uh, African-American cop, right? Yes. Or, or her parole officer. In the I think that she may be an ex-addict and that's why they were going they were kind of combining storylines but um i'm not 100 percent certain on that the thing though is that she's not she, when i said that she was a prostitute i meant that she still worked for the police but she was an undercover prostitute mm, like she okay. would take her uh, johns to their place and then she would arrest them and then they would get taken <laughs> in so it's a much more mature element that they had to get rid of they had to adapt a lot of things and make the, even will trent's personality is a lot more gimmicky in this show than it is in like he looks completely different in the book he's six foot four <laughs> he <laughs> yeah he's kind of uh quiet and he doesn't like get into fights unless it's something very serious this guy looked like he was picking fights whenever it came he is dyslexic they kept that part and there are are like 
interesting little scat spatterings of, of true material in the show. But on its own, the show is so distinctly different. I'll stop talking about the books now and we can get his more portrayal, into the actual his portrayal plot. in the show reminded me a lot of Monk. Yes, um, and it's supposed to. Yes, and so he yeah, he goes to the crime scene uh, where Abigail was and we see that she's kind of like just stricken with like everything that's happened. He goes up to the cops and uh, one of the like annoying side characters again, I thought was the cop that was explaining the crime scene because they, the cops think that this is an open and shut case. They believe that... And they uh, know who Will Trent is, right? Yeah. When he gets in there, they are showing him as much disrespect as possible because he had just busted some of their own. And obviously, cops are very uh, loyal to one another. And so he's considered not only a snitch, his car is painted that way. Yeah, and I, 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 I promised I wouldn't bring up the books. But in the books, when he first goes there, no one knows who he is. His file is sealed. So he is a complete like mystery to everyone. Yeah, and, he is, works, and he starts working with Michael Ornwood immediately. They are partnered together. They are partnered. Okay. Yes, and, and Angie and Michael are not partnered together. They do not like each other at all. And I so would, it's, it's funny how they flip that. I was just about to say that, yeah, his car is just covered in like cat or no, sorry, rat. Like, snitch traitor like that that's shown yeah they spray painted it he arrives at the uh, crime scene all the apd look at him the atlanta police department look at him it is still based in atlanta which was a big thing with uh, karen slaughter that's where she's from kind of like with dark winds where they were basing everything in new mexico and the writer tony hillerman i think was also from that area uh <laughs> so he goes into the crime scene and he starts diagnosing the problems that the apd had missed yeah such as like the glass that was broken was too far away to reach the door to unlock it yeah so uh, someone had tried to make it look like a break-in when really it wasn't when he's speaking to abigail he's trying to know a lot of details and he kind of comes to the conclusion that actually the person that abigail killed was not was not the killer of the body upstairs it was uh someone that was stabbed by the killer yeah um, because they weren't raising the knife and they never really truly attacked abigail in that yeah. opening scene they walked towards her in kind of a threatening manner and obviously they were all bloody and covered and so that when she threw them down the stairs and then strangled them there was a reason for it and then they said that he was too injured to even speak mm -hmm. so that that was the reason why he wouldn't have said hey i didn't do it or something like that but then they find out that it also wasn't even her daughter it was well her, no i right? yeah yeah what i was gonna say was that one what i thought was going to be the big plot point this episode is that will actually recognizes who paul is they went to the same high school together it was oh. a little bit like justified in this sense because will and i guess his friends used to or sorry paul and i guess his friends used to pick on will and call them like dumpster or trash can trash or something can, like that yeah and uh and i think because he would be stuck in a trash can right and so when paul came over they go upstairs um will kind of actually helps him out a little bit because initially the cops aren't even going to let him inside the house and when they id the body apparently emma has a birthmark on her hand and the person who was dead upstairs wasn't emma it was her friend uh kayla okay and Kay because kayla didn't have the birthmark yeah birthmark. i i really 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 didn't like Paul's character. I don't I think felt, you're supposed to. No, I mean, like, I didn't like that they added it to it. Because again, Will's background is a mystery, but Paul's character seems like it's undermining, it's simplifying, it's changing Will's background to make him seem just like a bullied kid. And Will's that's background, not the, he, it was lazily written, I felt like. It didn't add the, a lot. It, I've seen that character done a million times prior. Well, he in the book, is more like Lip from Shameless, where he can survive anything. He's sort of like a cockroach. Hmm. So he, he learns to adapt, and he doesn't make... Uh, enemies in the way that will just rubs people the wrong way 
like will is more adaptable i think in the book series and in this paul just serves as like this is such a petty rivalry between the two of them that i saw developing and it looked like he was going to be a long-standing like is he actually the killer and and i just didn't like it because there is i think a paul character in the book but he takes place in the 1980s He's like, he's the father of a character in the 1980s. He has nothing to do with Will. And they just threw in Paul there. And maybe he comes along later in the books, but I didn't know about that. Another character I didn't know about was Faith because Faith only joins in like the second or third book. And uh, I only read the first I, I want So that's why I wanted to ask about Amanda Wagner. Yeah, she assigns Faith, who obviously has a tensionous uh, relationship with Will because Will put her mom in jail. Did, did You said that Will is paired with Michael in the first book. Did they keep it's, the same type It's from type Michael's of, perspective in the first right. book. Right. Did they keep the same type of relationship where it was like both of them were kind of at odds with each other the whole time? To start off, they were both like trying to measure each other's character. And so Michael kept on trying to figure out where Paul was from and like who and tried to bond with him in a certain way and will took a long time did i say paul yeah, yeah i yeah, think i said yeah, paul yeah, yeah, where did. will was from and then will in return was continually asking uh angie what she thought of michael to kind of and then by the end they kind of worked up a working friendship yeah because that's obviously where this season is going <laughs> sure but with faith it felt like she was a newer cop michael is obviously very his partner had the stroke before the book happened we saw the stroke happen right in, we saw the stroke happen here it was the, it was so oddly placed I, I like any scene with michael i was just like why is this here because kenny yeah we don't even really know his character and then okay, suddenly so, gets struck yeah out michael in the show is just like a cop who's very experienced he's unlike faith where faith is just a newbie right yeah he's that's a, all he's also kind of a dick he reminded me a little bit of quinn from dexter yes that's a very good comparison, but he's helpful in that he's got a good case rate solving. That's what Angie points out at the end, but Will's case rate is like 90% of the cases that he joins, he solves. But there's also a weakness to him, a disability to him in that he uh, is dyslexic, and they make a big deal about that in the series, and we learn about that at the end of this episode, right? Yeah, so Michael decides to go to one of the dorms and gets more information on who Abigail killed. We learn that his name is Adam because he interviews Adam's roommate. Yeah. Uh, and apparently Adam had a relationship with Emma. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side... But they were keeping secret, because, yeah. Yeah, on the other side, we get Angie. She is at a, like, rundown pawn shop. Uh, basically, she's acting as someone who takes a lot of drugs. That's what it seemed like. Was it a pawn shop? I thought it was more just the place where they do drug yeah, transactions. Yeah, I mean, I really can tell or what a mechanic was, shop or yes, something. Yeah, and and, uh, and then we learn that the person who owns that place, yeah. their girlfriend, I guess, who they don't have any problem, like, beating and stuff like that. Their girlfriend comes in, has a black eye, but it's like, I see that car because the news is on there. Like, I see that car outside side and obviously angie is like okay well that's wilt's car and i need to call him well, well, well a couple of things there so yeah. angie for one is blows her cover at invice because she feels bad for the criminal's girlfriend who's getting beat up and yes. so she ends up arresting the guy or getting him arrested and then interviewing him and being like we're gonna hold you for the drugs that you were selling and stop beating up your girlfriend and stuff which i thought in, in the book, she's less caring, so she wouldn't have blown her cover for something so small. But the other thing is that the car that Will was looking for, it wasn't Will's car. It was the car of the kidnapped victim. That's what it was. Okay, so she, yeah. everybody's looking for the second girl, the one who was actually Abigail's daughter. And we know that she was kidnapped, and they have security camera footage of the car that she was kidnapped in parking, and then a second assailant, like there were two evil villains, one of them driving off. And then by the end of the episode, they catch one of the the, the kidnappers 
um, but we don't find out who the other one is. And I think the other one might have been the murderer, but I'm not sure. Right. I think my confusion came because Angie, right after she realizes that the car is out, calls Will and it's like, I found your car. But yeah, I know it was the car of the assailant. They switch cars. They also see that there was a camera. So they go to the back and interview this guy who also has dyslexia. Um, and he's kind of there interviewing the footage, trying to I figure out I think he only had dyslexia to introduce Will's character as having dyslexia. Like that was the, he, he yeah, like- well, it comes, no... Yeah, I mean, that's true, but it also comes back into play later on in the episode because they also, uh, they detain Adam's roommate, and Adam's roommate is like, yes, yeah, so Adam had a relationship with Emma, and then there was this, uh, he kept receiving these random notes after that started to happen, and they look at the notes, and they realize that the E's were written backwards, and they were like, who else has this dyslexia, the they, guy who They was weren't notes, the they were threats. They yes. were like, stop seeing her or else I will kill you, that right. type of thing. And yet they noticed from just the writing that the person writing it clearly had a language disability with uh, when it came to writing, and so they figured it was the dyslexic guy that they interviewed yeah, earlier. They the go guy to, who does the musician. cameras named is Warren, and they go to Warren's place, and Warren is inside like, the music studio. He's yeah. hysterical, he's like beating the drums, he's talking about how he like didn't mean to kill anyone, and also that the person that he's working with who is also the kidnapper of uh of emma told told him to kill himself mm -hmm. so even though will tries his hardest to not get uh warren to like kill himself because it's the only lead that they have warren pulls out a gun and shoots himself in the head yeah so we know that there's still a kidnapped victim on the loose abigail's daughter and we also know that there's this bigger villain that's out there and we don't know much about them um, the show ends, though, with Will. He oh. goes back to his apartment. Angie is there. Well, there's there. two things. One, Angie is now assigned with Michael to be uh, his partner as she... Yeah, to be his partner as they go around and they try to solve this mystery. And then we find out that Angie is actually very, very close to Will. They grew up together almost like siblings, but they... Well, yeah. not like siblings because <laughs> they, they, they get together. In the book, she continually leaves him, but then goes back to him. Kind of just like it's a repetitive cycle. And she even got him sort of dismissed from... Not the force, but she had him reassigned. And it was in the first book that he showed back up and she was like, how'd you get back? <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, because I was going to ask, is it a will-they-won't-they thing in the book? Because it's the, definitely a will-they-won't-they In the show, it's not. Like, in the show, they're already together. What I mean by will-they-won't-they they is even though they're together, they're not really together. Okay. Angie yeah. likes to to just play kind of fast and loose with, with, with relationships. But, uh, yeah, yeah he's, he's described as a Frankenstein in the book. Like, he looks a little bit like Frankenstein. <laughs> Does this guy look anything like Frankenstein? Nah, nothing dude? like that at all. Okay. The ending scene is there's a knock on uh, on Will's door. He opens oh, yeah. it, and it's Paul. Mm -hmm. And Paul has a ton of blood all over his yeah. shirt. For some reason, people always have to have blood on their shirt in this show. And uh, and he's like, I just shot uh, I just shot Emma. or the What? Kidnapper. I just shot the kidnapper who stole Emma. And then he said, yeah, he said something like I did something bad to the guy who took ammo. No, he says that he shot them like he killed them. And oh, that's, okay. that's where it ends. Yeah, which is completely like I don't know who Paul is in the book exactly. So this this really confused me a little bit. I can see sort of where the pieces are landing and how they're going to connect it back to the original story. However, I do still think that it would have been better on a sh on a Showtime or a Netflix where they could have done one full case. Because this, they, they, even though you said it wasn't a procedural, because it didn't do a case by week exactly, it still did with the musician. Yeah. They still were, yeah, and I think that they're going to continue to do stuff like that. But in the book, it, there was one big twist that I feel like it can only be played out um, if you're only watching one storyline happen. Also, it doesn't make sense that the part of the GBI would just start doing a bunch of a APB cases. 
Like Atlanta Police Department is in charge of the small one-off cases. So why would the the, the uh, bureau come in there and start like doing all these tiny ones? As yeah, I mean, to just one big one. Because what they showed in the episode, why that was the case is that basically Amanda Wagner just assigns Will this case. But they even bring that up in the show and it just kind of gets bypassed. Also, another thing that they really didn't go into and I thought they would kind of try to have to address was the fact that Abigail killed practically an innocent person and it barely seems to impact her at all there's a short little scene later on where we see abigail and paul and like will and paul again a little bit of a fight and abigail seems perfectly fine even though she just had this revelation a little bit earlier that she killed someone yeah but i the prosecution would obviously take into account that she felt threatened no i'm not saying house. like there's no way that they would press charges i'm not saying her. that they press charges against her i just mean the emotional impact knowing that you killed someone that was innocent uh-huh. like that would obviously get to you right wreck you yeah yeah um or wreck you and i think that the murder that they're taking at the beginning was the one that took place in the 80s because uh one of the characters was it looked like for the longest time to be the killer that's why i knew when he comes came stumbling out of her room that he was innocent as she was killing him because i was like okay so they've moved it up from 1980 to present day and it's funny because the book books present day is 2007 so mm-hmm. when they mention WhatsApp, when you're seeing Apple uh, headphones and you're, you're seeing like fentanyl mentioned, like a lot of that is very modern. And so they've clearly moved it up and changed, changed. Them, so, the, it, so they changed a lot from the book. Is anything like 100% the same from the book? Yeah, I mean, Betty probably looks the same as she did in the book. She was a chihuahua. Um, Angie, like, for the most part, the characters are reminiscent of them, and they didn't change too many names. Um, They did change a few. We haven't seen a third of, like, what the book is about. There's Mm, a full character who's just completely missing, who, I, I mean... If they don't do any sort of backflash, which they might in the next few episodes, then I don't know how they're even going to include them. So how many episodes is this supposed to be? On IMDb, they listed at seven. It is mid-season, so I'm not sure if it will get like a full order right. afterwards. But it was shot in Atlanta. You know what else was shot in Atlanta? Uh, Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta was. Uh, Baby Driver was. Black Adam was. Walking Dead has been, obviously. Yes, and then yeah. Stranger Things, too. I know that Reacher they, also, they completely different shows, but took place in Georgia as well. Not entirely different, because remember when Reacher was described, it was almost like the author had put himself into the character. He Like a superhero version of him. He's very tall in that, too. So I wonder, I think Reacher would actually, I think it was like six foot seven, mm-hmm. And so he would still be taller than Will Trent. But Will Trent was supposed to be, he does wear three-piece suits. So that's true from the series as well. I think all like the little idiosyncrasies that he has have just been kind of extended or exacerbated here um and i just i just yeah overall to me i just wanted to see how it ended to see if it was the same Mm -hmm. if they were going to possibly be able to connect everything the murders themselves are so much less gruesome and so much in the grittier parts of the story are just not as present that it it does make me a little sad i would have I would have liked to have seen some HBO factor in this. The show reminded me also of Panhandle, except Will Trent isn't as crazy antisocial as the main character in that was. Like I said, I thought it was going to remind me of Hudson and Rex, really only that scene the Adoption Center did. That being Hudson said, Hudson and Rex is, is again lighthearted. That being it's, said, every like I think that this show is better than all the ones that I referenced, except for maybe Monk so far. So that's why I would give it a six and a half, and I'm glad they're going with the full season. Mm. But... Uh, Variety said it had a compelling lead and it was nice to see something other than a brilliant super cop, even though he does seem to be very good at his job. 
and when it comes to the actual writer she did visit the set and like talk to everybody so they, they did get a it wasn't one of those ones where the writer doesn't like what they've, they've done her other series was also adapted by netflix last year and this this will trent series was originally supposed to be adapted many many years ago and it just didn't happen so like development hell or just like plans fell through no i think just plans fell through so this is the first version of it but they've got so much source material to work through and i think just this season is going to cover most of the first book if you had to rate it what would you give it um see i can't i do not for this series i I know i'm biased so yeah overall who's your favorite character though will trent i think i i think that the actor who played him is like the best actor of all of them and i'm glad that they chose his character you said variety raymond rodriguez yeah Yeah. you said variety said that he was a compelling character and i agree with that so well that'll be it for this episode thanks for listening see you in the next one bye bye